<laughs> Hello, guys. Welcome to the CPL uh, podcast. Uh, I have Barjan, right? Is that correct uh, with me today? Or actually, actually, it's Byron. That's the way you would pronounce it. <laughs> okay, am I bad? Byron? Yeah, what's up, dude? <laughs> and uh, welcome to the first episode of the CPL uh, a podcast. Like, uh, I guess, like, revisit it. Uh, in this episode, we're going to talk about... Uh, some sports stuff towards the end, but uh, mostly uh, how uh, modding and like running a Pokemon League affects us, and some draft league stuff. And uh, yeah. <laughs> like I mentioned before, Byron, right? Is yep. uh, the you're the owner or you're like the co-owner of uh, SGBL? Yeah, co-owner with my brother Adam. <laughs> And uh, so you want to get into how how difficult it is uh, into uh, just like running a server with like imagine you uh, you guys you have like three draft leagues going on or like four it's just crazy stuff man it's kind of impre- it's really impressive yeah I, so we started up three months ago slightly over three months ago now and my brother and I have been in the community the last I would say almost two years. And toward, you know, from the middle of Gen 8 towards the end. And while Gen 8 was starting to close down, you know, we were talking about wanting to possibly run our own server. So, one and part of it was the reasoning for it, right? One of the issues that we constantly saw in a lot of leagues that we did join were not updating their docs or, you know, not doing a good job of, you know, making, you know, their individual leagues unique, whether it was in terms of good talent base or even playing pools and things of that nature. And just, you know, not things running properly. So, like, I think I've been a part of, I want to say, like, five to six leagues that did not even finish their seasons. (laughs) So, because of all that, you know, I always wanted to do this. And my brother was like, you know, let's, see how it goes or whatever so we decided to start up the sgbl you know the spiel gibble brothers league or battle league for if we wanted to be more official but really it stood for spiel gibble brothers league um and yeah it was uh it's been a wild (laughs) three months you know pretty fun to see uh us grow you know our first season we had three divisions of 16 players each and we got that in like five days which was kind of nuts because we thought we were gonna get applications for like three weeks or so and maybe run one to two divisions, but yeah, it was just it was kind of a whirlwind that first week. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, over here in uh, the Corns Pokemon League, uh, it took us like I want to say like two, three months just to even get like 30, 40 people in here, and like most of them were like gym leaders. And stuff like that, not like challengers. Like, um, like after like what? It's like two and a half years now. Like almost like no new challengers come, and uh, I'm gonna try to change that by like advertising more, hopefully. Yeah. But uh, it's been uh, it's been a uh, a fun thing just to like uh run like the server because I've been a mod here for like basically all the time except for a month. Mm-hmm. So like two years of modding almost, well more than that, but uh. Yeah, it's it's just been super fun. Um, is this uh is the SGBL uh your first like modding slash like admin um experience or have you 
been modding or like uh, an admin in other leagues too? I, I kind of wish I was a modder admin in other leagues. So funny story, right? So when in that first, so we were getting things set up a couple weeks beforehand, you know, creating the initial doc, going over tiering, everything of the sort. Then we started to get this big wave of like applications and everything of the sort. So we did tell everyone, okay, we're going to start. I It was probably like on a Thursday. That was the goal. We we're like, all right, let's give us ourselves a couple of days to, you know, get things going and ready to go and all of the things. But what ended up happening, because I am a Discord noob, um, I ended up leaking all of the divisions, and we had a lot of people know who made it, and also their draft positioning and everything of the sort, because I leaked all of our docs, just because I didn't realize I did not properly uh, private those individual channels. So <laughs> we ended up starting our season a, a day or like a day or two early, but um, yeah, I was kind of... Kind of a yeah, like I said, it was a whirlwind that first. But well, that first, you know, this first season, we only did our first, we just finished our first official season now. So that was kind of it was kind of funny, but you know, it was it was kind of worth it also because it led to a more chaotic, fun, you know, first season of opening up and starting up, and you know, we got we got super lucky. I'll be really honest with you. There was a lot of a lot of people who. You know, they try running their leagues and everything, and they get quite a lot of drops throughout the season and everything of the sort. We, I, I don't think we had five drops within our three divisions, which, you know, and they all happen relatively around the same time. And we just knew people, and it was kind of quick to replace them too. So we didn't really have any, like, bad periods during the season, which, and we see it all the time in leagues. And you probably, if you've been around and everything, you know, it could be that could be one of the hardest things to do during a season. So, uh, trying to replace yeah. people at least, and yeah. So we we got we were super fortunate and lucky with our first season, and now our off season starting up in a little bit, and we have five divisions with eighty total players now. So, kind of crazy, but uh, we're having fun with it. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy. Like, um, like I was just like I always lurk around. I'm not gonna lie with you. Um, it's just really cool to see all the activity uh, that you guys have in, in the in all the divisions. Uh, we 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 ran around. I want to say like three seasons of draft league, maybe. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I feel like if I tell you that like five people haven't dropped out or they just stopped playing, like I think that would be like in every season that'd be like undershotting it a little bit. <laughs> it's just it's it's rough to find people committed for like a three to four month window. And I actually, like, you know, know how to play, I guess, too. Dude, I, I know all about it. I mean, I've been a part of it a lot over the last few years, and I've probably done way too many leagues, honestly, these past couple of years. To, you know, <laughs> that initial joining and wanting to do as much as possible. And this is a format that I'm most interested competitively. You know, I'm not really into the ladder outside of playing random battles on the ladder, but that's just something I can do all on my phone and have fun with it. Uh, with this, it's kind of a format that, you know, I've wa- I used to watch back in the day with the old GBA and everyone. And, you know, I've always wanted to do something like this. So Showdown is perfect. You know, the servers are perfect where we could play it online. We don't have to generate teams or anything like that. And we can kind of get those games quick, you know. But we try to, again, our activity, I think, is we're, again, very lucky. Because a lot of the initial people who did join 
they were super active from the get-go for whatever reason. I it's not like I asked them to be. They just decided to be. I, my apologies. I think that's on my end. Um, oh no, it's fine. It's fine. Oh, one sec. I'll just mute that. Uh, yeah, there's another draft going on, and they're uh, doing their draft right now, and I have notifications on, so I think that's why it's <laughs> crazy. But yeah, it's fine. We, yeah, we try to, and again, I try to. I always wanted to run a league that was somewhat sports feel with, because um, that's a lot of what I enjoy, right? And you know, to do the weekly recaps and try to do them consistently and i was fortunately able to do it throughout the season consistently and again i was writing them up for three divisions and watching all these games and <laughs> there's definitely times where it was like man there are some days i did not want to write up a recap or it's kind of difficult to write up a recap for a week especially i remember there's one week we had one division that had like every game be a 3-0 or worse and it was a lot of six o's in there and really one-sided like not overly fun games to watch so dude i was trying to figure things out to write about those games sometimes like a game of the week there really wasn't <laughs> one but you know i you know i try to make do and i wrote up a bunch of these and i try to be somewhat creative in my writing and try to change it up here and there again there's only so many ways you could probably write oh palafin <laughs> swept with jet punch with choice banded jet punch at the end but um you know, I try to be creative with it and try to, you know, make it somewhat unique and, you know, fun for everyone. And we had a really good uh, reception for it. So it was easy to, it was easy for me to continue doing because people did seem to like them. And even in our postseason, you know, forms, you know, we asked everyone to anonymously, you know, rate the league, talk about what we can do better and all of the things. I, I think of the 48 players who played, approximately 30 actually did fill out the form, which was nice to give us a good idea. And we gave people the option in terms of the weekly recaps. What did they think of it? You know, did they like them? One option. Did they not like them as a second option? And were they indifferent to it? You know, I think only two people put that they were indifferent to it. And everyone else said that they liked them and to continue doing them. So that that was really, you know, that was good to hear from my ego, honestly, because writing them up could take uh, quite a bit of time. And in addition to see people did like them a lot. And there were a lot of people who said, oh, they were asking for it, you know, once, you know, the week ended. Like, oh, when is it coming out? And it's like, <laughs> it'll come out, you know, within the next day. I always have done that throughout the season. So, again, it was, it's, yeah. it was super cool. And I think that's what kept people engaged. People started to know each other a little bit better. And it was a good way to mention someone's name, their team. And that was one of the early things we got. People talked about oh, I never really cared about other teams in a league before, but this season, for whatever reason in here, it's kind of nice that I not only know who these other players are, but I kind of care about how they do in their games. And again, part of that's the work on our end, my brother and I put in, and part of it is just we, again, just a good group of people who joined. Um, <laughs> again, we got super lucky there. It's no, no, again, that's, I'm going to say it repeatedly, but that's the truth of the matter. We got really, really lucky with the people we got this first season. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can control a lot of things, right? But you can't control, like, the activity of people and, like, you know, whatever around those lines. But yeah, I yeah. fully understand. Like, um, yeah, it, I feel you, though, with the – it's just so awesome to be, like, a creative person and see people, like, love you, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Like I like I told you um in the DMs before uh, I made something semi similar to that like one of one of our seasons, yeah and it was awesome until I had to write like 
a full like three articles about like everything but uh, maybe if I had more time or like more like I guess desire to do it it would have been like awesome and maybe it would have kept more people around so I think uh, like the effort you put into the league and like into all the activities is what <laughs> keep people around so of course there's some leagues you know not gonna mention names where like they don't do anything they just like harass like their coaches or, like try to be for the coaches but like they still have like good chance or whatever so some of it is luck, but you can kind of control that luck in your favor. Yeah, I, I, I think my, my I think the people in our league might say I've been a little bit harassing, not in terms of like warning people with stuff and telling them not to do things or whatever, but <laughs> we definitely have maybe pinged people a little bit too much. Uh, but again, it's we generally have pinged people for the different things that we have done. So again, it's generally when something happens, we'll let people know or. You know, and if anything is um, available as an opportunity, like today, we pinged everyone in our league to join one of my mm -hmm. friend's leagues. And, you know, they were just going to run one division, that 11 players. And I think they had like 10 or 11 people from our server go join there. And, you know, only the first five were able <laughs> to get a spot. But it's cool to see people were interested in, oh, I said, you know, hey, my friend's running a league. Go take a look at it if you want to play some, if you want to play this format. And, a ton of people said it again. I only really pinged people because one, they needed it. Well, they at, they didn't really ask for it. They posted it in as a as a partner, and because of that, I you know knew that okay, let's let's see if people are interested. People also did mention it that they wanted to play some more Nat decks, and even though maybe me personally, I'm a little bit burnt out on the format, um, just in the moment, just from doing it a little bit too much right now, um. I knew there were a bunch of people who wanted to play. So I was like, this could be good to get a few more people in. And it's kind of crazy to see the quick reception that, you know, their league got. And they were able to get a bunch of people from our server to join. And yeah, that was super cool. And I was really happy since my friend got to, they, they pretty much filled out and they had to tell people, I'm sorry, we're filled. <laughs> so that was kind of cool. <laughs> to see. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think uh, in moderation, of course, like everything, uh, pinging and like um, notifying people, it's a great tool. Uh, just sometimes, you know, mods they can like go overboard, or like even like normal players, right? Can, like, oh, when are we gonna schedule? When are we gonna schedule? You know, stuff like that. But and like uh, even like um, the question of the day, <laughs> like that you guys have, is also pretty like engaging and stuff. It just like helps a lot to like keep retain people's attention i guess um because like, let's be honest here like with the phones and stuff <laughs> yeah our attention spans just are like oh really all the way down it seems like and like so like you know keeping like a fun question like the gym leader one i think was like really fun and super mm -hmm. like cool yeah and again my brother has to take full credit for that he's the one who thinks of it i think the only times that i actually posted a question of the day was just because he was unable he like had the question and he told it to me and i just posted it for him because he was like out and about working again for me it's fortunate because i'm on my computer all day for work so and again with you know my ability to do the work that i do i'm able to be a little bit uh flexible and kind of get away with doing things um but yeah, no, my brother deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, he's just, hey, it's good to have a partner who we're both really close and we both get to do something like this that's just so much fun. And running it this season has been crazy and we're excited to see the growth. But 
Yeah, the question of days against, a lot of it is just a combination of a good normal question that people could answer. Sometimes to, to you know, give people a chance to be creative and spill their creative, you know, juices a little bit. And, you know, it's it's kind of cool to see what people come up with and, you know, how people go about it. So, again, we, we're just trying to we're just trying to run a server that we think anyone would like. So <laughs> that's really all it is. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure, like, even, like, the spectators could, like, find fun into, into like, the server. Like, because they, they still have to, they still get to interact and stuff, you know? Exactly. And, you know, not, you know, a lot of servers, you know, I don't know if we'll be able to do question of the days every single day. Eventually, we'll probably turn into question of the weeks. <laughs> um, that's it's just how many questions can you really ask? But, you know, we try to have fun with it, you know. Actually, in our first, you know, in our first season in the application, we put at the end of it, oh, which Pokemon do you like better, Spiel or Gibble? What people didn't, we had no intentions of that. We were just doing that for our own little fun, you know, trash talk. Like ego boost? Yeah, no, just for between my brother and I. It was just to be a, it was just to be a joking thing. But because we we're getting so many applicants, we we're like, okay, we made a bet with each other. We said whoever wins, that's what we'll name our divisions after it. Their evolutionary line. You know, either it'll be Garchomp, Gib, uh, Gabby, Gibble, or it'll be Wall range, Celio, and Sfeel. And, you know, of course, Sfeel ended, yeah. yeah, ended up winning that one pretty handily, I'll be honest. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was Garchomp. You could have uh, swayed more voters, man. Uh, if it was Garchomp versus Walrein, I would have easily. But, uh, now nah, we, we both of our PFPs are uh, Gibbles and Sfeels. So, I'm trying to do unique things. And again, I think we got. Even our docs, like if you ever look at any of our docs, especially for our off seasons now, you know, everyone has something, you know, a Giblins feel with a certain Pokemon interacting. Like our Ubers docs right now, it's Giblins feel on uh, riding Maridon and Karidon, and they're wearing shades. So it's like a nice little touch, and people, t you know, get a good kick out of it, and they appreciate some of the effort that we put into things. You know, even our other divisions, you know, our, our Insurgents League right now. You know, we made a Giblins feel, you know, lose their pupils in shock looking at a Mew. Uh, you know, the Radical Red League, you know, Mega Houndooms on the cover of that, you know, fan, you know, mod. And, you know, we made them both ride on top of a Mega Houndoom. It's just unique little pictures. We try to, I try to do a bunch of things to, you know, make things a little bit unique. And then even with the championship, we, you know, posted the Giblins feel in a suit, you know, handing out a trophy. Mm -hmm. So... Try to make it uh, somewhat unique to the, our league. You know, we try to do things a little bit unique and make our characters that we are, you know, be a part of everything that we do. So, it, it, again, it's it's just things we think of. You know, we're not going to hit on everything. Something a bunch of things will probably be, you know, not not, a, not everyone will think as positively of it. But you know, we attempt enough things and we put good effort into things. People generally do appreciate that. And we've, it's been good. It's been a really good positive uh, outlook on things, and people have been happy so far. Yeah, uh, it's just like, uh, uh, I, I, I was just going to ask about that. Like, uh, who makes the art? Like, you guys commission it, or like, do you guys make I, it? I go on yeah, Fiverr uh, website. It's <laughs> like, uh, I'm not trying to drop a lot of money on this. I, you know, fortunately, do all right for myself financially, but, uh, Again, I don't really want to drop too much on it, and there's people who are able to do it for relatively uh, cheap. And um, so, and I just I try to think of things that are kind of creative and you know fun for people to you know enjoy. So 
Uh, yeah, like uh, that's that's pretty awesome, then, man. Um, so I, I guess um, uh, getting rid of like the the modding and like you know running the league. Uh, what's what's your favorite? What's your favorite uh draft format? I mean, my favorite. Like, I mean, I like now. Like right now. I like, like right now. Yeah, right now, Natdex Legacy. Look, I or Natdex on some kind. You know, I really did not like uh, any Paldea decks formats. Like regular Paldea decks and even post home Paldea decks seems to have like no steel types, no defoggers, and it's hard to get a removal. So it's like so, it's somewhat limiting in draft when you need certain things to draft, and that's like super super frustrating when you're trying to build a team, right? But um, national decks at least gives you the most options, and I like options personally. I like versatility. I like the ability to do as mu have as much open to me on the table as possible. So for that, it's kind of this is my favorite format to play. And again, originally when I played, when I we started playing it, I just wanted to play a format that had mega megas in it. Again, because they removed it from Gen Eight, so I was like, man, I really wish I could play a draft format that had mega evolution in it. Still. And lo and behold, here we go. You know, there's people running these leagues, and there's this like community that runs national decks leagues. And I was like, oh, how perfect! And then my brother and I got involved, and you know, we started doing these leagues. And yeah, and that's how I got into it. Outside of Nat decks, which I think is the most standard format in draft, you know, at least on the showdown servers side of things, um, Radical Red is probably my favorite. It, you know, I've yet to win a Rad Red Championship. You know, I've won other formats, but this is the one that has eluded me. But um, it's probably my favorite, like, off-meta format. Again, I, I enjoyed Radical Red, the game, a lot. And I really enjoy a lot of the changes that they did make. I know not a lot of people did, but for me personally, I think it was awesome. And I love the buffs they gave to a lot of Mons. And it makes it unique. It makes the game have its own like flavor to it and everything. So I'm excited for our radical red season to start up. Uh, we had, again, it was a good turnout of people who applied for it, which was a little bit shocking because I wasn't, I was really unsure of how it was going to be. So I'm excited to do another draft of radical red. Yeah. Uh, radical red. Uh, it's like, I'm in an insurgents um, gimmick league right now, just like for fun. Yep. And it's been, it's insurgents. I think it's pretty cool. I like um, all the deltas. Specifically, like yeah. I drafted like seven deltas, like by accident though, because mm -hmm. you know, randomized drafting or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. And then, like, uh, Radical Red, I mean, I, I've seen, uh, you probably know, right? But it's uh, uh, Callum, uh, Hoodlum, yep, Callum, I think his name is not, you know, mm -hmm. X Crafty. And like, yeah, it's just so super awesome to see like the Se Sevian forms and like. All the buffs I did give to like random Pokemon, like uh, Love This, for example, gets um, Fairy type and like Soul Heart. It's just like yeah. pretty wacky and cool stuff. Yeah, like there's a mon like Cast Form, you know, which is normally a really horrible mon to use. And Radical Red, they gave it a slight buff to its stats where it's 85s across the board. But the other thing that they gave it was whatever <laughs> uh, weather rocket held outside of, uh, excuse me. Outside of the sand, uh, whatever, I forgot what this, uh, rock, what smooth rock? <laughs> the sandy rock? Yeah, outside of the, the, sand outside of that, because it doesn't have that form, uh, it actually just automatically starts off in that form. And then you have that weather for eight turns. So you could do some creative things on your team. And because of the stat buff, 
It has decent support moves like Thunder Wave and stuff like that, and Weather Ball is still really, really strong on it. Like, even off of 85 uh, base special attack, it's still, like... It's a high base power move that gets a buff in most of the weathers outside of hail or snow, and yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's like one of those really underrated gems in Rad Red, and it's killed me so many times in previous drafts. So, um, such an annoying mon to deal with, and it doesn't even make sense for it to be annoying. But yeah, again, it's, I think it's a fun format. I've played drafts with it before, so. I knew that people do want to play it. It just you just never know until you run it yourself if you'll get the applicants for it. So again, we were we were fortunate. We had quite a lot of people uh, want to do it. But yeah, Insurgents. Funny enough, because you talked about it, the one Insurgents league I was in in the past, I did something similar to you. I drafted like only Insurgents exclusive mons, so like a bunch, of, like just a bunch of deltas, and then a couple non just to fill out the draft because there was, like, none left. And so, like, regular Mons I added at the very end. But it was just a bunch of Deltas. And I was so excited for the draft. I was really interested. I was enjoying it a lot. And then four weeks in, the league just essentially shut down. So it was just like, all right, that kind of ruined that experience. And, again, I, I, I thought about doing Insurgents this season in our league, but we had a lot of people apply for that. So I was like, you know what? Let's give it to everyone else who wants to do it. And... Maybe in the future I'll do Insurgents, but uh, yeah, that's another. I'm excited to do Draft of that. That format looks super, super fun, and it gives you way more options. So I, it should be really cool to see uh, how this season goes for our, our league. Yeah, like uh, in the in the league, I have uh, Mega Delta Bishart, and it's just that crazy. That thing is such like, a. It's a, it's one force ability, I think the one that makes it immune to. Uh, to flying type move, it's kind yeah. of busting, man. I almost got swept by a flamingo, and it saved my it saved it saved me so hard, man. <laughs> I think yeah, it had nothing else to hit me with, just like brave birds. The close combat didn't kill because it's semi bulky, you know, high defense by a uh, bishart. Man, uh, but also I, I I guess I forgot to tell you, but congrats on winning the GPBA, man. Oh yeah, that was uh that was that was pretty cool to win. Uh, you know, I was again, I was you know in that league for a couple of seasons. I actually the season before, I think I took over for someone else like early in the season. You know, finished off pretty good and you know lost the playoff game early on. Uh, but this season, I was re I was I did all right during the regular season. Ended on a pretty good winning streak for the most part. Um, got into the playoffs, and I was, I, I'll be honest, I was kind of fortunate with some of the matchups I did get. Um, I felt really good about, like, the championship game matchup. I felt like I built, like, a crazy good team for it, and I brought some really fire tech there, which was really uh, cool, like Tapufini trapping and, you know, Whirlpool taunt, uh, killing uh, Alamomola, which really hurt my team like crazy. And it wouldn't pay it out because of taunts and everything. So that was like, once I killed that thing, I was like, I think I just won the championship. But I still had to kill a few more mons. But that was that was definitely a cool uh, cool title to win, especially because I brought a pretty uh, fun, I brought a pretty fun team there. Although I did bring them, I did draft one of the most cancerous teams with triple regen and shed tail and mega arrow spectre in the bag. So. I, you know, with Glow King of all things as like one of my regen mons, like way undervalued there. I think they had like 12 points. And I was like, 
I'm taking this thing so early. Early, it's not even funny. I was so shocked how low they rated it. I was like, this is like one of the best mods in the format, and you rated it at like twelve or thirteen. So, yeah, I had yeah. a very, I had a very very cancerous team. No one liked playing it for the most part, outside of my brother who destroyed me in both of our games. But if I played him in the championship, I don't think I would I would have won that game. I'll be really honest with you. It was just such an it was just such a hard matchup for me. Like I would have I his team just uh was too like good against mine. But uh yeah I, I was very, very fortunate that I didn't have to see him there. Um uh -huh. But yeah, uh, other, than, other than that, I was other than that, it was uh uh yeah, I felt I felt really good about my team. My team was really good. I you know, I had a really hard team to prep for, I feel, especially with all the regen mods and the power of Spectria and um Mega Arrow. I think Mega Arrow had like 20 something kills on the season. And there's games that didn't even like play because I was able to win and just beat people with regen. So yeah, kind of cancerous, but it was a. It was definitely a fun championship to win. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing you like draft everything. Like, man, what is this? Like, this is like the most like complete team I probably ever seen. Like, you know, just like in that league in particular. And I think, uh, I I mean, I kind of stopped playing in in that league. I mean, like, I kind of retired for a bit. You know, quote unquote retired. You know, like for a year. Uh, because just like they're. Like tears were like a little bit scuffed, I think. Like they had things a little like there were like five point months, like in the tens and like like eighteen point months and like the the twelve or thirteen spots. I'm like, man, this is kind of crazy. Like and like uh in particular in my season, mm -hmm. a fire type like <laughs> all the fire types were like ten plus basically. I'm like, man, mm -hmm. it's it's tough here. But, I mean, like I even like uh. Over or undervalued mods or overvalued mods. I mean, that's fine mostly. Just like sometimes, like you just need a break from like your hobbies or like the things you love to like get get the love back again. I guess. Yeah, no, that's I feel cool. Yep. Yeah, I would say the yeah. doc for the most part. I thought their doc for the most part was pretty good. Um, yeah. Again, just the glow, just like for me, it was like the glow king thing, like really popped out to me, and I was just like. I can't believe this thing is so low low rated. It's this thing in like every other draft league is like around sixteen ish points. And there's an argument to even move it up a little bit from there now. Especially because it got a digital <clears throat> move and chili reception and you could do some like with regenerator especially. It's so hard to break as a mon. You could you don't even have to think with that mon a lot of the times. You could just run max defense assault fest. It has a pretty good natural special attack and it's like so hard to break as a mon, and it's the def is already so naturally high and a good HP, and it's a bulky mon with regen. It just you don't even have to run slack off or any kind of recovery on it. It just recovers by switching out. It's so it's like a real big cheat code mon, and that was the one. Yeah. But after that, I I thought most of the mons, at least this season, were tiered pretty uh fine. Pretty well, yeah. yeah. That was just the one that popped out so much that I was like, I think I took that thing like second or third round. And I wasn't even going to. I, I had no intention. I was just looking through the dock and that thing was there. And I was like, I, I just have to. This is this thing's way too undervalued over here. So I didn't want to lose out on that. And that was one of the MVPs of my season. 
Yeah, like uh, I feel like the the perfect draft league strategy is like going for mons that are like undervalued or like have a higher impact than they are. Like getting those steals like really early on. Mm-hmm. Like people would judge me because I would get something like that was like eleven points in like the second round. I'm like, but I think this is like the steal of the draft, and I can get like higher tiered mons, higher point mons later mm-hmm. on that people won't get that yeah. will fulfill the role I'm looking for. But uh, because you're... Yeah, the drafting uh, experience, right? I, I always say this, like, if I was to rank, like, the best parts of the draft league experience, drafting to me is, like, number one. Number two is between building the team and nicknaming your mons. Because I, yeah. my brother and I, we have a thing where we actually, we don't use the same nicknames throughout the season. We'll nickname on a week-to-week basis a lot of the times. So if I'm playing someone and I know something about them, like in my semifinals game in GPBA, funny enough, the person was a big JoJo's fan, and I love JoJo's. Um, and I'm not, I'm not saying watch it. Like, it's not for everyone. That is, that is a very weird show. So if you like it, you're going to like it right away. If you don't like it, you're just not going to like it. It's weird. I can't. It just if you like it, you'll like it, right? I knew he was yeah. a JoJo fan, though, right? So I nicknamed all my mods after JoJo's characters, uh, you know, in the show and the manga. So I was like, I'm going to do that for this week in my playoff game. But I enjoyed those three things the most. And then the battle itself is like fourth for me, which is like, that should be the most like, like exciting part. But it's really not like the, the fun parts of draft is the drafting itself where you like get upset about getting sniped and you sniping someone and you getting hyped about it. Like that part is the most fun because I feel like that's where you get the most engagement with people and you get a lot of fun. Like a triple A AAA draft I'm doing now. Um, someone took Fue Coco at one point Mon, like just as a meme pick or whatever. And me and him just started talking crap with each other. And I said, if we play each other, I want to play for that Mon. If I win, you have to trade it to me. And if I win the championship, you get my championship. <laughs> That's what we said. If he beats me and I win the championship, he gets my championship. And I said, absolutely. Like, no problem whatsoever. I want to play for that Mon. Because I wanted the meme pick of Foy Coco. <laughs> so, again, you get, the, you get more fun year and fun, uh, you know, uh, conversations with people when you do that. And I thought that was, um, again, you don't get that a lot of times during the season. Some people during the season, they play their game. And TG, maybe I'll send you the pace. Maybe not. I may not even talk to you. And it's over. With. Yeah. So, like I said, the drafting part is the most fun part for me in draft. Uh, my personal favorite is like starting like fake beef, man. Like, ha- like in your head, you make rivals or something. You're like, mm-hmm. man. Like, he's a good battler. I'll make him, like, quote-unquote rival. I'm just, like, try yeah. hard. Like, I'll be, like, two or three hours more in, like, calcs. And, like, I'm going to make the perfect EB spread to, like, <laughs> dominate him or her. Yeah. Uh, and, like, and, of course, drafting is really fun. And, like, the prep work is really fun. But uh, because you're talking. Yeah, the prep work, though. The problem I have with prep work, I, I this is why I put nicknames above prep work. Because nicknames, I think, are just fun and there's no downside to it. The prep side of draft is the hardest part, right? And that's what makes yeah. it like enjoyable. But at the same time, if you are not into that prep and you're playing in like a competitive league or whatever, it is, and you're not into it, it can be very, very difficult to prep and calc and go through a bunch of, you know, because I don't really do like mock battles or anything like that. I don't know. My brother and I used to do them a lot. And then... 
we got sick of counter teaming our counter teams to each other. So <laughs> we're just like, we're, we're not count. We're not mocking with each other anymore, but even in general, like I don't really mock that much. And so I'll sit down and actually do all my calcs and figure out just for what, mo- what things can come and what's a prep for and everything. And then, you know, figure out what my weaknesses are on the team that I did ultimately build. And, but calcing and prepping for a game, if you're not into it, it's very hard to get into it in any moment. You have to like almost be excited for it and be into it. And especially if you're struggling in a season, that's like almost impossible Mm -hmm. to do. It is so hard to calc if you start off one and three or, you know, two and four. And it's like, well, do I really want to put in this effort? And I don't know if I do. And calcing is like, it's again, when you're into it though, it's like the most fun. I like, one of the things with this Nat deck season, I had a lot of fun calcing throughout the season. I didn't draft like an overly great team. I drafted a team that was essentially seven months can come. The other three almost never come. <laughs> but I was having so much fun putting like perfect EV spreads for every single week. And I thought I had like one, even though I, I, I got destroyed in the first round. But outside of like my playoff game, I thought I had like one of my best seasons in draft because of how well I played what the competition I was playing against. Like, I lost one game 1-0, I lost another game 2-0, and then I lost a game week 8, but I was memeing that week, so that doesn't really, like, count. Uh, <laughs> I was brought, like, belly drum slow, bro, and stuff like that. But, um, and, like, yeah, I brought a lot of, like, meme sets that ultimately didn't work because my opponent had to win. So they ended up bringing, like, a setup draw backscalibur, which destroyed my whole team. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But outside of that, I thought, like, I had, like, one of my best seasons ever in draft, and I lost in the first round. But I thought just the <laughs> way I played and the way I suppressed every week, I was like, this is, like, one of the best I've ever played. And now, because I finished that season and the way it ended, I'm just like, I am a little bit burnt right now on that right traditional Nat deck. So these offseasons should yeah. be a little hard for us. Um, but because you're talking so much about Glow King and, uh, and I feel like, you know, Glow King is just like my, my, like the epitome of like the mod that always like destroys me. I don't know. Maybe I'm black builders. Maybe yeah. Glow King just destroys everything, you know, in general. But is there like any mods personally that you just like hate going against? Like it can be like from any gen or like, cause it doesn't so, have to be from like gen eight or something, but just like any mod that you just like despise. All right. Um, so, actually, this gen. So I drafted Backscalibur in my first draft in Gen Nine, and it was amazing for me. Right, I enjoyed using it and everything. <laughs> and it's been, it's like one of my favorite mons ever to use. But I have been getting swept by that thing. I feel like in every other league that someone <laughs> else has it. If you have Backscalibur against me, I, I, I might as well just say GG and shake your hand. <laughs> like, th- that mon has given me so much problems. Like, it's unbelievable. That That's probably been the one mon that I enjoy using it, though, so it's hard for me to hate on the mon. But <laughs> I've only used it in one season. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, other mons that have given me, like, problems. I know, um, again, you play against Mons a lot, and you eventually kind of figure things out, and depending on your team, you could kind of build accordingly. Like, I've used Mega Scissor a couple times. That thing's always also given me a lot of problems. I I don't care about drafted fire types ever, so Mega Scissor is generally, like, good against me. Um, 
So that's uh, that's probably been a mon that has I've struggled against quite a bit. So when I won my first championship, I played against a team uh, who used the Mega Scizor. And the way I was able to kill it was just reading it, switching in on uh, Ambipom, and I used Fire Punch on it. And I was like, thank God this thing is dead, because if I didn't kill it there, I was not winning that game. So that that's a mon that I have... Uh, that's probably my worst win percentage against any mon is Mega Scizor. Like every other mon, I've played enough where... I've won enough times where I feel comfortable with my, like, how I prep against them. Um, and the teams I draft generally have done good against most mons, but Baxcalibur, Mega Scizor, those are, like, two worst win percentages right now. Oh, and because, uh, you know, you mentioned Scizor, and Mega Scizor in particular, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, and Mega Scizor always seems to be a part of, like, a, a Volt Switch uh, core how do you feel about bolt switch? Uh, and like in general, it can even in like ladders, like random bats, or in draft. Like, do you, do you like that type of style of play, or going against it, or? Because I I personally kind of don't despise it because I think it's kind of easy to work around. I just think personally, you know, no no shots taken to anybody, but I think it's kind of like skillless a little bit sometimes. You just like ah, uh, press U turn, press bolt switch, and yeah, um... easy game. Yeah, so I would say, um, I, again, it's it's part of it's part of the prep, right? I I'm very indifferent to it, honestly. I don't think, and I don't think really negatively or positively one way or the other. Again, if I have it, I'll use it. So I don't like I don't really feel any different about. It. I know some people that um, I've played against. They'll draft teams with like seven, eight pivoters, and it's like, God, this is going to be really tricky to play against, and. <laughs> You know, sometimes it's I have you, have, you just have to part do the prep right and bring a good team. But yeah, I again, it's I'm very indifferent to it. I think it's a part of the game, right? And we all look for ways to get pivot and stuff. Like I ran baton pass as a pivoting move on Mons. Like you know, you <laughs> using any way possible to get any advantage possible, right? It's you know you have to use what's available to you, and I mean those things. That's what they're available to those Mons, so you should use them. It's there. I, I yeah. Ran. I use it all. I use it whenever I could. So I, I'd be a hypocrite if I said otherwise. Oh yeah. Oh, and uh, I guess like this goes back to um, some like league stuff. Um, mm-hmm. that kind of burned me out a little bit too much. It's like some leagues would allow you turn and bolt into you know, because of course, like when you're bad, it's not really bad at I think, right? Because they're part of the game. You have to have to the moves. But like they would ban like dry pass. I'm like, man, what are you guys doing? Like you know, I'm like, it's kind of. It's kind of crazy that you can't run a worse version of these moves, like flip turn, volt switch, U turn in particular. No immunities, and like you guys would just ban like baton pass because like a quote unquote like complex ban, you know. But you know, each league to their own. Like you have the power to uh, choose rules and stuff. So yeah, I'm sure. Like, yeah, so like with that, that I mean, I think that's a that's like a good like note to bring, right? Because like one of the things that we did with our nap deck season, we tried to like. It's hard to tier your list perfectly. It's hard to allow the perfect moves and what moves to ban and everything. So it's those things are tricky, right? With baton pass, we mm-hmm. we just allowed dry passing because we're like, okay, that there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it's a pivoting move, and ultimately the mons who use it. Now I've started to see more like Latios and Mega Deancey start to use this move, which is kind of unique. Um, but in terms of like other mons, they're generally like slower mons, like the EV, you know, EV Lucians, like 
Umbreon and Vapor Vaporeon Dragon Lords about a flip turn. But um but like even like a Sylveon where I've seen it and everything and those mods are generally slower, so if you do hit them, re realizing that they have that move, they're going to be much weaker when they come back. They'll be weaker when they come back in, so you could take advantage of that extra chip that you gave to them because they use that move. Generally, slower mods are the ones that want to, you know, click that baton pass button and, you know, try to get the initiative. But again, we, we try to, again, it's hard to decide what rules to allow, or what moves to allow, not allow. Again, I, we banned Hidden Power and Pursuit. Part of the reason I banned Pursuit is because the only reason it's like removed from the actual cartridge game is just because of all the all the bugs and stuff that happen with the move that ruin that mess up the actual game where things get buggy and everything. But in like Showdown, it's not never gonna break. We ba I banned oh. it because it's just like I don't like that. I just didn't like how your psychic or ghost types they literally have to constantly watch out for a random pursuit or anything like that. Some people say, oh, it's more competitive because you have to think about it or whatever. I'd rather let those mods have the best opportunity to succeed. Now, does that make ghost types much better? Absolutely. But I also like ghost types way more, so <laughs> that was the balance. And then Hidden Power. I never liked the move Hidden Power. I've always thought that move was wildly uncompetitive just because, and especially in draft, where you could just tech it on any random thing and... All of a sudden, it's oh, I have a four times super effective move against you, and I get two shot you now when I have no business yeah. ever countering or checking you at all. I think Terra in general is like the perfect like counteractive to that. It's if you want to use this type of move that you don't naturally have, that's perfectly fine, but you have to now commit fully to transforming into that type and everything. So, that so I like Terra quite a bit. And the hard part is, what's the right terror rules to run? That's another conversation to have. <laughs> but Hidden Power to me is just like, okay, you could have Hidden Power on a bunch of mods on your team and randomly, you know, you're seeing things like, back in the day, like Ferrothorns would randomly tech a Hidden Power Fire to counteract other Ferrothorns randomly here and there. And it's just like, they have no business ever countering each other, you know? Yeah. And so you just have these like really weird things that end up happening where I'm like, I don't like that move at all. I think it's wildly uncompetitive. And then we ended up banning a move like Last Respects. Again, I it's just a move that if some team doesn't have a normal type, they're almost forced to bring it. And again, it makes uh it makes certain mons board just Ubers like the Basque Legion line. And then <laughs> and mo actually with Last Respects, the most broken one actually might be a little white stripe basculine. Because that thing could run adaptability with Terror Ghost, and the thing has 98 speed, well, like over 90 attack. There's literally nothing. Once a Terror Ghosts, it has adaptability on that move, and it is so broken. In an Uber's League I was in, they had that thing at like three points, and then when I realized that was their Terror Captain, I was like, "Oh, I just auto lose to this thing if it comes." <laughs> I didn't have anything. I needed my uh, my one normal type. I needed that to terror to counter something else, and that was it. It was game once that happened. So, again, that was just that was like one of those other moves that we're like, no, for for regular nat decks play, it's a little bit too overpowered as a move. And you don't even need all your other team members dead. Like, but I think if it had like three members on my team dead, I couldn't do anything to it. So, yeah, it's it, it's like a crazy crazy. There's just those other things, right? You need to find that right balance and. I tried, we try to create a league that's the most competitively viable 
and the most fun at the same time because ultimately we're trying to have fun while playing. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, for for you, I guess this would be the last uh, draft league question until we get into like more of a but like last segment, like fun, fun, like sure. non Pokemon thing. Uh, to you, what 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 has been aside from the season you mentioned before, where you thought like you know you built uh really well and like you lost in the first round. What was your second favorite season of draft in your opinion? Like in what league was it in as well? Uh, oh, that's kind of difficult actually. So I've been fortunate. I've won a few draft league championships. I think I, I don't know if I have a second favorite season. Actually, no. There, there was another season I lost in the, the first round, but it was mostly because it was a, it was a season where my brother and I were in the same league together. We played against each other. We played each other in the regular season. It was a really, really close match. I ended up losing. He brought a better counter team and he won. We played in the playoffs again, and I that was like the best playoff game that we've ever had against each other. Where it ultimately came down to like his Mega Glade was just bulky enough to live ahead from a Mega Low Punny uh, that I had, and he just won the game at the, within the last turn. It was a one zero win, and his Mega Glade was like at six percent or something, and he ended up just straight up winning the game right then, like at the very very end. And we said that was the best game we've ever played against each other. And even though I lost that game. I was really like happy with that season, and that game was almost like that felt really good. So if I was going to lose to anyone, I'd rather lose to him than anyone else. Uh, <laughs> as much as we are rivals and we hate losing to each other, there's something like really cool about that moment where it was just like, yeah, he he got me in that game. And although I think overall in draft league we're like put 500 against each other. That was like one of those seasons that was really, really special because it was like the that was the most fun playoff game I ever had in my life. That was, you know, that ended it up in a loss, but it was super fun. The only other season I could think of that was like kind of funny was I did a triple A draft uh, before this one. The last time I did it in the beginning of the season, I said, I guarantee I'm winning the championship. I start the season off uh, two and two. And. I decided, you know what, let me start, like, let me actually prep for AAA from here on now. I made a bunch of transactions, came back, I beat everything, I got into the playoffs, I beat the two people who beat me, one in the semis, one in the championship game, and it was like a funny moment, and we had the thing, the pin tweet came back, and they pinned the tweet and everything, saying that I was <laughs> guaranteeing my win. So that was like a fun moment and everything, but the second favorite season, I don't know, it's, it's hard to say. I, again, I've I've won a decent amount, but some of those seasons weren't like, like GPBA was cool to win. Would have I consider one of my favorite seasons? Probably not. Again, um, there there were seasons that were more fun and better. Again, I, I think I think there's like other seasons that are just more enjoyable for like the moments and the moments make it right. Like GPBA, the season ended. I talked to my opponent a little bit, and there was like nothing mm -hmm. afterwards. You know. Yeah. Like I don't, think the, like, I don't think the league owners even literally like said anything. I think I got like one congratulations from one of the pe persons, and the, the you know no one else really said anything. There's like not anyone you know talking about the game afterwards or anything. So it was just like, oh, that just happened and ended. 
you know, where in other <laughs> draft leagues, you know, where I've lost in the championship or I lost the game, there was like a whole bunch of people talking about the game. And that was that's like way more fun. That's like yeah. so much more fun than oh, you won a championship and literally nobody cares. Where it's like, all right, you know, that that was like unique in its own way, but not in a fun way. So <laughs> yeah, for sure. That was that was definitely uh there's definitely more fun seasons. Yeah, that's you know, yeah, the storylines make or break seasons, or like the like you know you remember them better or whatever. And I yeah, I, yeah like no storylines equals like no fun or no interest really in the, in the season at large. Like later on, when you're like re, re, in retrospect, you know, looking at back at it. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess I'll conclude the 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 draft league uh, section. And yep. more into more for fun slash personal like little snippets. Uh, what made you become a, a Denver Bronco fan, man? You know, this is Are you from the area. No, I, I grew up in New York. Uh, I'm a New Yorker <laughs> through and through. Um, <laughs> when I started watching football, the people in my neighborhood, I was the young kid in my neighborhood at the time, and they were all Broncos fans. I think they were fans of John Elway and that that Terrell Davis team and everything in the late '90s. I didn't watch them growing up because I wasn't even I didn't watch football at that point. I got once I started playing with them and everything, um, they were all Bronco fans. So for me to fit in, I was like, oh, I want to be a Bronco fan. And they had some they had some playoff teams at that point, you know, in the mid early mid two thousands. And Champ Bailey was my first like favorite player ever. Um, and that was like. He was such a joy to watch as a cornerback, and he locked receivers up, and he caught a lot of picks, and he was such an unbelievable player that it was very easy for me to root for them. I just continued staying with them for no reason, really, other than that was the team I started with. And, yeah, there's a lot – I'm an outside of the last, like, six years. There's been a lot of good seasons since I've been a fan, you know, won a Super Bowl – there was a Super Bowl that got canceled against the Seahawks. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and there was, you know, all those other moments. But there's a lot of cool moments. Like Hayden Manning that season. I, like, he's my favorite quarterback ever. You know, that was uh, – yeah. So there's so many, like, fun seasons and good teams. Even the Tim Tebow season, that was, that was a fun season to be a fan. And it was just um, – uh, it was really – it's really, really enjoyable, honestly. It was a lot of enjoyable moments. I – you know, last year went to a game in Denver. Um, you know, they lost to the Chiefs in a close game, but that was like one of the most fun sporting experiences I've ever been to. They did such a cool job in the stadium while we were there. Um, you know, that you know, it was just really fun and it was really enjoyable. I, I was very grateful for that, you know, to go and do that. And also Colorado's really beautiful uh, nature life. So that was like a double bonus that I got to go hiking quite a bit and do that. The the high elevation didn't uh didn't affect you, man. <laughs> oh, dude, they, and I don't know if you've ever been to Colorado. When they talk about the Mile High City, you could literally feel the difference over there. It yeah, is, the air is actually thinner, and I couldn't. I didn't have problems breathing, but some of the people I were with, they know they like struggled at times when we were hiking. And even when I was driving in my car, I put my hand out the window, and I was like, "Oh man." This, this air is actually so thin. It's just like going right through the air. There's not that like harsh like push like being in New York where you like you almost feel your hand going back. Like I was driving 50, 60, 70 miles an hour and 
my hand was going right through the air, and it was just like, whoa, the air is really thinner up here. Yeah, um, I don't know if you're a big basketball guy. I, I think I think you mentioned you you do watch basketball a little bit, right? Uh, As well, basketball is one of my favorite. A little sports. bit. It's yeah, there you go. Well. Like, you know, I play men's league games and everything. Like I play, I play it quite consistently, and I still watch it. Uh, I just yeah, like the like the NBA finals are going on right now, and even like, of course, like uh, athletes that are like you know train and like have like the perfect bodies almost. Like even yep. they get affected. Like players that normally play like forty five, forty six minutes play like forty two minutes, even though it's like a little bit. It's still a lot, man, you know? Like, it's those four tough. minutes of, like, it's it's just, like, we we would probably yeah. be dead out there for, like, four NBA minutes, we're being honest, man. There's like, no average show. Like, one of my favorite things, so, like, I started to not, I started to lose a little bit of interest in the NBA for a couple seasons. You know, there was, for one reason or another, I just the game, <laughs> it felt like it was just not as enjoyable to watch. Again, Obi's <laughs> my the favorite super team. Player. Yeah, Kobe's my favorite player ever, but um, so like towards the last few years of his career, he was injured a lot and, you know, he wasn't his old self and everything and just in life in general, like I just didn't have as much of an interest in the games themselves, but watching the NBA this season and I would say like last season, I really love the way the game is right now. I think it's so fast paced. Teams really are moving up and down the court like constantly. It's got borderline rec league feel to it, where every made shot or miss, they're just pushing and trying to get every good shot as as quickly as possible. Guys are the most talented they've ever been in the league. It's crazy when you're seeing some of these dudes who are considered top 20 or 25 players in the league currently, and they can just they can just give you the work. And there's just, like, role players nowadays that they can handle the <laughs> ball, and they're so talented with the ball in their hands that it's really hard to justify a team from, like, back in the day being nearly as good as a team nowadays. Because teams nowadays are just so much more skilled and athletic. And as a whole, they're, like, way longer and bigger and stronger on, like, the perimeter and everything, where it's like, man, these dudes – would run through teams from back in the day like they just play at way too fast of a pace and they're just so skilled all over and every team could shoot the ball now we're back like i i remember the lakers Derek fisher was like the lakers best shooter and this guy Derek fisher was like a mid to high 30 percentage three-point shooter now these teams are like averaging high 30s in percentage and low 40s at time not maybe not low 40s but like high 30s in percentage shooting from three and they shoot it way yeah, like, more than they used to. And they're so much better at it. And back in the day, they used to miss a lot of open threes. That's why they didn't take them. <laughs> like, teams nowadays are, they're open. They're hitting it at a really high clip. But then you're seeing a lot of the skilled big men back in the league, like Joel Embiid and Nikola Jokic. And Giannis is his own like unicorn style of doing things. And it makes it way more fun when you have a lot of varying skill sets of guys as opposed to it just driving kick to the corner, which is kind of what the league was turning into for a little bit. Now we're starting to see way more guys, you know, use the full court as a part of their game. It's I think the NBA right now is in a really good spot. Yeah, that's why I wish, like, time machines were real. I want to just grab, like, a 1950s Atlanta Hawks team and just put them up against the, the current-day Nuggets just to see how bad it would be. It was not, like, 300... 
320, okay. like, <laughs> that's an understatement, I think, nowadays. college basketball team right now would smoke a team from the 50s. <laughs> like, yeah. Just, if you're talking, again, if you, I say this, I, I say this to, like, even, like, old heads, as we call it in New York, you know. Yeah. You guys have, like, a nostalgia for, like, people back in the day. I used to, like, watch, like, especially when I was in high school and everything, I would go back and watch games from back in the day. And even now, sometimes I'll watch a game from, like, even the 90s or the 80s. There's guys who can't dribble with their left hand. And, like, especially, and if you go even further, <laughs> yeah, they literally couldn't dribble with their left hand. If they wanted to go left, they dribbled to their right and turned their body. So you try to go to yeah. the left side of the floor. Again, I'm not saying if they didn't grow up nowadays, they wouldn't be good. Like they, yeah. wouldn't, they wouldn't have all the training that people have nowadays and everything. And they deserve their kudos for helping build the league up to what it is. But yeah, for sure. When you watch, just if you watch the game, I'm like, guys, how do you compare the two? It, it's just such a different skill. It's unbelievable. And even like if you go to like 90s or even 2000s basketball, there weren't that many players in the league from the perimeter who could do what a lot of the guys do now. Like nowadays, you really have to cover all five positions. And if any team doesn't have a guy who could shoot and space the floor or do something with the ball in their hands, they become a complete liability. But that's just how much more talented the league is currently, where you can't waste that many possessions like you could back in the day, where there's a lot of 85, 84 games, games in the 70s. You know, teams, if they cracked 100, that was a good scoring game for them. You know, it's <laughs> now these teams, teams are, I think, the NBA right now, I think teams average like around that 110 point mark. But it makes sense. Yeah. They're moving the ball, they're, they're averaging 110 at efficiency, unlike if you go to like the 70s or 60s, which was played at an even faster pace. But they were doing it with significantly less efficiency. So, yeah, again, it's a very, it's a, it's a very like, Weird comparison. If you want to compare people from eras, I say just compare a guy for how they dominated their own era. And we probably shouldn't rank guys in their top 10 or whatever. We all probably, I enjoy doing it too. I'm guilty of it. But <laughs> most, like, realistically speaking, it's you really can't compare guys from different eras. Guys nowadays are just, they have way more modern, like, advantages compared to a guy from back in the day. So it's a very different, you know, it's a very, and just in all sports, it's it's really hard to compare. Very different. Yeah because, every, mm-hmm. yeah, because everyone is also like, like freak of nature almost too. Like, I was, I, I was watching hockey and like, there's like uh, the the Vegas Knights, which are in the finals right now. Like, they're like all six four, like Marvel, like like basically like Greek gods. And like, man, imagine like getting like somebody that's like, like even like fifty years ago or like forty years ago against like this type of team. Like, they would just like die in the eyes, basically, man. It's it's crazy how good athletes are nowadays. I think. Yeah, dude, it's such a... I say, I'm not really, like, into hockey like that. I really want to go to a hockey game, though. People say it's, like, the most... It's the most fun sport to go to live. And yeah, I hear that, TV, too. It looks like a really fun game to watch on TV. My problem is, from not watching it consistently, I'll, I lose track of, like, the puck consistently. <laughs> yeah, man. But, you know, the camera will be on someone checking someone into the boards... And then the puck will be like all the way back, and someone else is getting it. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I did not have a clue. Meanwhile, my friends, like... hockey fans, they're like, oh yeah, it was obviously there. It's it's like it's really easy to track. And I'm like, I did not, <laughs> I did not track it. Yeah, I wish they like highlighted it or something in like the TV or something to make it easier. 
They used to do that back uh, in the day, and it was very poorly received. So, <laughs> man, hey, don't a lot of people say like don't mess with tradition. So I understand that, I guess. But uh, uh they make things better if possible. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to go into uh, what's your uh, basketball top ten like of all time? I know not not to compare eras, but like in your personal opinion. Without, I'm not going to rank any. I'm not going to rank them like one through ten. Uh, I'm not, and I'm not. And don't get me wrong, I'm not a, really a fan of him. I think LeBron is the best player ever, but yeah, again, it's I'm again, but it's really like it. Just I think he's just playing in a much harder era and everything. That's all it is. But him, Jordan, you know, I think those two are top two. I don't. I think that's like most people would agree with um and then with no real ranking um kobe magic kareem are in that tim duncan i think they're all like in that top six just range um this becomes difficult yeah there's a lot of great players yeah larry bird is one of my favorite players to go back and watch but it's like a little bit weird because he's like one of the best like passers ever and he just was able to like, and his trash talking stories are some of my favorite things to listen to and everything. But I think he's definitely one of the top ten players ever, and just in terms of like accomplishments and you know the performance in their era, I think those seven and probably Shaq. So that would be like the top eight to me. And Shaq is the biggest waste of like potential, which is crazy because the guy won four rings. But he, imagine he worked hard in this game. Yeah, imagine if he just shot like sixty five percent in free throws or something. Like he would average so many more points, man. Dude, it, 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 it's not. It's not even as much about that, right? It's just more about like him taking care of his body and everything and doing all of those things. Yeah, so I would sure. say like that's probably like the top eight, and I or they're in the top eight, right? I think those guys have like <laughs> the most consistent, best careers for like long, relative longevity. Compared to anyone else, again, if you want to take like an like Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, like how do you rank a guy guys like that, right? <laughs> you know, Will yeah. Chamberlain is bigger than guys in his era, and Bill Russell averaged fifteen points per game, so it's like I, he has eleven rings and maybe was the best defensive player ever, right? That's what people say. I obviously never watched yeah. him, but I don't. <laughs> like, when I've seen games of like the sixties and fifties, it's like really hard to say. Oh, that's that's what you look for. I, yeah, so again, maybe those two would be in the top ten if we were being, you know, fair to the guys of that era. Um, oh, and then Steph. I, I think Steph is definitely in the top ten. I think I think what he's done to the game of basketball um, has helped progress it forward more than anything else because teams really players started really working on their game from the perimeter. And to develop a shot so it can open up all the stuff going inside. And also, like, if you want, and the Warriors themselves, they're a team that's super fun to watch because of how they consistently move the ball. It's, they're like a more fun version of the Spurs were, where they have yeah. like really good shooters and really fun players. And the Spurs had Tony Parker who only like would drive in and do a teardrop floater, and Tim Duncan who was boring. Manu was fun. But Manu also is coming off the bench. So it's like, I think Steph would be in that top 10. And then if you want to put like a Wilt or uh, or like a Bill Russell or someone, sure. 
you know, I mean, what Wilt did, it was, it's really hard to fathom that a guy can average 50 no matter what. And he had another season with like four, I think he had like one or two more seasons with over 40 a game. And I think my favorite stat of his was the season he averaged 50. He averaged like 48.5 minutes per game. He averaged <laughs> yeah. over in a game. So it was like, I, those are like hysterical stats. And I'm definitely missing people. I'm trying to think. Like, the 90s really did, outside of Jordan, like, who from the 90s would you even, like, consider in the top 10, right? Uh, Hakeem. Hakeem, Hakeem okay, first. Hakeem is Hakeem's the, the one, dream. right? And that would yeah. be really cool if, if Jordan didn't retire that first time and they could have played in the finals. Like, that's, like, the but, one finals matchup that I think would have been, like, really interesting to watch. So Hakeem would but, be the one player. But they never played in the finals. But, like, the rest but, of those players, I, like... Charles Barkley, like, uh, like uh, the guy who likes thirteen-year-olds, uh, John Stockton, <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, Sean Kemp a little bit, Gary Payton, but Gary too. Payton, Sean Kemp, like, no one ever considers those guys top twenty or even maybe thirty at this point. Sean Kemp definitely not because I don't, I don't even think he's okay. In the eighties, you had Kareem, Magic, and Bird as like the consensus three out of the top ten or twelve players ever. After that. Kind of tricky. Oscar Robertson, you know, uh, he maybe yeah. deserves more love as the first guy to average a triple-double. And, you know, being one of those guys who helped progress the game forward also in terms of the skill set. And he was very, like, he was way ahead of his time in terms of, like, being a talented player on the floor. And when you watch that, you know, translate. But even, like, Dr. J, if you ever watch, like, him play, he had, like, really poor handles, which is, like, weird because he's, like, this super athletic freak even compared to nowadays. But like, you watch the actual game, and it's like, handle was, like, really not there. Like, the stuff they're criticizing Jalen Brown about right now, you know, Dr. J was not, like, much, like, better in a lot of ways. Um, Just going back and watching those games. But, yeah, I think that would probably be, give or take, top 10 to, like, 12. I think that's where we're at. The top 8 or yeah. 9, you add stuff to what I said before. I think that's, like, top 9. And then if you want to throw in, you know, Hakeem, Wilt, and Bill Russell somewhere there, sure. And then, you know, from there, it's – then after that, it's – you know, you could put so many guys. There are a lot of – there are a lot of, like, interesting and talented players in the NBA who did a lot of good things. But, you know, if you say we're my favorite players to watch over, that's, like, another list. But Kobe's <laughs> one, you know. Kevin Durant would be up there for me. Uh, Kevin Durant's probably, like, right outside of those guys then. Um, it would be cool if he could actually win a ring, though, without the Warriors. <laughs> um. That would be the one thing yeah. I, I kind of wish I were for him to do it, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I agree with you on basically everything. Yeah. Um, I would say, though, uh, a lot of people forget this because, you know, I, I think a lot of people have, like, the the notion of just, like, summarizing Jordan into six years, right, with six championships. Because, you know, it makes for a better story. Like, oh, yeah, let's just ignore the three seasons where he lost in the first round. Let's just ignore his Wizards days. I, mean, I think we should all ignore those Wizards days. Let's be honest here. Um, but yeah, he actually came back um, in what was it? I think '94, right? That's Hakeem's second lost, championship. They lost to the and he lost against the Magic. Yeah. So he, he could have gone against. Uh, yeah, he could have gone against the Dream. But again, I, he, I, I, I don't really. Like if you hear like Jordan fans talk about it, he won. He essentially won six straight championships. Yeah, I wouldn't even. I don't even like really hold that against him because he came so back so late into the season, was not in basketball shape or anything. 
Like, I don't think that should be a knock against him. I don't even think, like, what he did with the Wizards should really be a knock. Because he was, like, 40 years old. Like, no matter what, like, that's impressive what he did. It should, like, these things shouldn't be knocks on these guys. But to pretend, like, that things did not happen is, like, hysterical. And, like, some of his moments, like the switching the hands layup or whatever that he did against the Lakers. In that first <laughs> yeah. The one, the visual from the, like, side where you see him and you go up and under or whatever, it's, like, very pretty looking and everything. The problem is that happens so much nowadays where it's, like, it really is, like, relatively routine now. But back then, it was, like, oh, my God, I can't believe what he did. He switched his hands to his left hand. Meanwhile, it's, like, yeah, like, like, guys all the time go with their offhand and try to make layups and they make unique and crazy shots and, you know. Like Kyrie Irving, if we just took his highlights, you'd think he was a top ten player ever too. But you know. yeah, I feel yeah. like what what like older heads see that Michael Jordan clip as is probably what older older heads thought of like when like Pistol Pete switched hands while dribbling or something like something yeah, so I mean, fundamental to the game yeah. now that was so crazy really, back then. Again, yeah, it's 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 again error, you can't re- it's hard to compare errors, right? Yeah, different rules, different things that you have to adapt for and adjust for and you build for your era and you build for your competition and you know it's fun to theorize things like oh if the lakers with kobe and Shaq played the warriors the warriors had no way to stop Shaq, which i think is yeah true but like the warriors also what perimeter were, defense you know <laughs> yeah at the same time the warriors would be getting threes left and right and it'd be so hard to stop them like that warriors team i think is the best ever with kevin durant like there, yeah, for sure. That thing was a complete cheat code, and it was your top thing about it. your top three guys who are averaging over twenty a game were very selfless. Like they were very giving to each other and moving the ball and everything. It was, it was move the ball around a lot. And if you ever get into a tough position, just give it to Durant on the high post and let him shoot his fadeaway jump shot off of a hezzy or whatever it is. And it just like, oh, there you go. <laughs> Even if we get a bad possession, this guy could bail us out of that. So just like yeah, man, that team was just a complete yeah. anomaly, and they were just such a cheat code as a team because they were so good at moving the ball, and they were so good defensively, which people forget all the time because of how they played offensively. They, that was just that was such a dynamic team, and they were so talented and, so, yeah. and all pretty much at their best. Plays Curry, on Kevin Durant, you know, Iguodala was like technically out of his prime you would say but like he was playing as good as he ever played as a you know sixth man off the bench and that's that's the best team ever that i would not argue about that i think is far and away the answer yeah that's what uh i think that's a lot of gms like uh, people that run teams to understand that try to copy like the warrior style like let's say like a team like atlanta right two elite guards and like you know and Trey, oh, they always say, oh, he plays like Curry, right? Yeah. What they don't understand is, like, they have good defense. Like, they don't have, like, this, like, mediocre to bad defense. Like, <clears throat> like even, like, in the starting lineup with the, with Kevin, with uh, KD uh, Warriors, you have three, like, elite defenders. Like, a lot of people don't see KD as, like, that type of, like, defensive talent. But he was really great when he was, like, you know, pre-injury. And, like, you know, Draymond might be, like, the most versatile defender of all time, like, at his peak. And Clay, like, one of the best perimeter defenders of all time, too, before yeah, injury, of course. I mean, those three, I mean, I think for that team, right, you had those three guys, and especially in those seasons, they were playing defense at, like, the highest level of their careers. 
And then when you go to, like, even Curry, Curry's not a great defender. But Curry, like, tries on the defensive end, and he gets his steals and everything. But he at least competes on the defensive end, especially at that point of his career. And then you have, like, the, the big men, whoever it would be. Not also Iguodala, when he comes off the bench, was also another high-end defender. But then they're big men like Bogut and Looney and these guys over the years. They're all just like, they just battle their butts off and they're just good defenders and they just do everything the right way. And like, it was just such a complete team on both ends of the court. And it's just, I, again, when you, you talked about Trey Young being compared to Curry, I to me, it's like on the surface, it seems to make sense. But Kurt, what Curry does without the ball in his hands is the most special thing I, I've ever seen from any player. He probably gets more non-assist assist in the game just from his movement off the ball. Like, yeah. what he does without the ball in his hands, how he moves around off the screens and everything, and guys will, you know, double and try to trap him and do whatever, or, you know, take him out of the game, and they miss their assignments consistently. And the Warriors end up getting a lot of dunks out of it because, oh, they two guys jump to Curry, the guy who set the off-ball screens cuts to the hoop, and there you go, it's a dunk. And it's like, all right, like what are you supposed to do? This team is like so unstoppable, and that guy is just an anomaly. Like he doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective. He's the, I think that's a mark of like a very special. He's like special in a way we've never seen before. Yeah, this is amazing talent, amazing coaching talent, a uh, great bench. Like you know. Even with just like Iguodala, uh, whoever like they I think at the time it would be uh, Sasa, I think roughly in those years. I'm pretty sure. And then, uh, and then, uh, or Bogut. I think Bogut was starting though at that point. Um, still, could be wrong though. <laughs> and like even like a lot of people forget, but like Sean Livingston, man, he was a bucket man. He he'll just go in the mid range. Like I think it was the left post, and just like shoot it in like one of the purest like jump shots I've ever seen, man. Bro, that guy's mid-range jump shot is one of the most automatic things in NBA history. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, a really unsung hero in that in those years, I think personally. Dude, he was. Yeah, I think they had a deep. They had a good bench tour. Again, it was just a complete team. Yeah, Sean Livingston. That's a, that's one of those guys <laughs> that are like. There's so many NBA fans. That could hate the Warriors, that could hate a lot of things about what they did and getting Kevin Durant and all this stuff. But there's like nobody dislikes Sean Livingston. Every <laughs> single fan loves Sean Livingston. That dude is he is such a fun, like he was just such a fun guy doing the same move every time down the court. Never did anything else. His whole game was mid-range fadeaway jump shots. And like short mid-range fadeaway jump shots. Not like from like 20 or like 18 feet like Kobe would do. Now nah. Somewhere in that like ten to twelve foot range, and he just always made it in. It felt like he was he was he's a dude. I love that man a lot. That's a fun player. Yeah. He he he's like like if I were just like a favorite player, you know, aside from like the KD, so even I think Draymond Green, low key, is like a fun player to want, even though his antics, is, you know, sometimes yeah. get controversial. Like Sean Levinson was like the guy that I was like ah. He got 17 minutes this playoff game. Like those are like the best 17 minutes of the whole game for me. You know, it's just it's just like a cool. He's a cool dude, man. Like awesome. Yeah, dude. he he was he was fun to watch for sure. I, um, there's, there's a there's a bunch of guys like that that are just like really fun. I think it's more. I think more times than not, it's generally like teams that you root for, 
and then there's like a role player that you really like a lot or whatever. Like I remember, I remember like a guy like Trevor Reese on the Lakers. He was like my favorite like role player in the whole NBA. I was so upset. Like that was one of those like we lost Trevor Reese. We ended up getting Ron Artest, but in free agency. But I was so upset to lose Trevor Reese. That was like one of my favorite guys. Like on that team. Like, he was such a great player. He was such a good role player. And for whatever reason, on our team, he was a knockdown shooter from three. And he was already an elite. He was always an elite defender. Everywhere else in his career, he was never that consistent shooting the ball. But the season with us, again, when we won, when the Lakers won that championship against the Magic, he was, like, a do-everything player. He made so many clutch plays, getting steals off of inbound passes and he was such an unbelievable. That was another one of those guys, like one of my just favorite players to watch. Yeah, like amazing stuff, man. Um, I know we kind of like drift past it because we talk so much basketball. But what what's your uh, what do you like more? Uh, like heading in the direction, like uh, do you like the more passing forward, like NFL? Because you know, I feel like rushing attacks are like gone in the water, except for like the Forty ers of course. Or do you like the more like? More spacing, more three-point shooting, NBA uh, route. Like, what do you think is more entertaining for you personally right now? Okay, well, wait, we're talking about, wait, what's more fun to watch? The, oh, the NFL's, like, yeah. passing game nowadays, or the NBA's yeah. open game? The spacing and, like, shooting yeah, yeah. game, man. Yeah, no, I got you. <clears throat> I, I think, like, so... I th- So here's my take on the nfl i think the nba right now is like in a really great spot so i i think football is just a more popular sport but yeah that feels like almost like an easier watch because the games are like shorter and you kind of get into the flow of the action a little bit more so i think right now basketball is actually maybe a little bit more fun to watch football has just got more like hype to it so like the storylines <laughs> are just better in the nfl it feels like right now um i think the nfl actually though is as kind I think one of the things we're seeing with a lot of the best teams in the league, even though they're not running up like often, all the they're every team is trying so hard to stop teams from throwing it over their heads, like deep downfield. That we're seeing the best teams move the ball methodically down the field. And a lot of times that their run games are like a huge part of that. Like we're seeing like even like the Chiefs, the Chiefs may rank in the bottom of the league in terms of yards per game. But they do a really good job of designing runs to get those pick-me-up yards. Like, they'll never go negative on their run plays. Like, they'll get two, they'll get three. And because of the way teams play them, they'll have a lot of games where they'll pop a lot of runs for, like, 10 yards and get a first down. The NFL's almost, like, turning into a little bit more closer to, like, where it's at its best, where there's some balance involved. I think the more wide-open game is fun and more fun to watch, but when it's just, like, throw, 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 it kind of loses it a little bit. But we're starting to see the NFL nowadays, because I think all of the best teams, there is that, like, balance of, like, they do still want to run the football at least a good amount. And then when it comes to their clutch moments, they're allowing their best quarterbacks to make plays. And I think those are that's, like, the most hyped thing you could have. Because we're seeing these quarterbacks are so good nowadays. Football, like basketball, I think football's in a great spot, too. I think the quarterback play in the NFL may be because of the rules, but excuse me. But just, uh, in, yeah, okay, just in general with football, look at the top 10, 15 quarterbacks nowadays. And then I ask anyone, go back to 15 <laughs> years ago, look up the top 10 or 15 quarterbacks from back then. Just look up the stats, so like top 10 and 15 in yards 
thrown or touchdowns or whatever. Don't compare the stats. Just look <laughs> at the list of guys. When you go back in the day, if you go to like mid-2000s, you'll see Peyton, you'll see Brady, you'll see like even Brett Favre, even though he's towards the end of his career. And then there's like quite a big drop-off in terms of talent and like high-end play from that quarterback position. Nowadays, like a guy like Derek Carr, I think he's like one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But where would you rank him? He's probably like a top 16 guy, right? Yeah, like, like best, average. His best season's probably like eighth in the league. His like worst season's like 16. So he's like somewhere in that 10 to 16 range relatively consistently. Kirk Cousins is another guy like that. Like Kirk, me and my cousins and I joke. Kirk Cousins is the most is the best, 12th best quarterback in the NFL in NFL history. Yeah. He's consistently, like, like, around there. His best season's, like, last season, probably top 10. But he's generally, like, right outside the top 10. And he's almost always, like, the 12th best quarterback in the NFL, it feels like. But the quarterback play as a whole is so good in the NFL nowadays. Like, these guys are so, like, they're so talented throwing the ball. You look at the top five guys, I think especially the top three right now, Allen, Burrow, and Mahomes. Not in that order, obviously. Mahomes is one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But you look at those three guys especially, they are they are three of like the best I think we've ever seen as like a trio in the league. And then we have guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Herbert to I think they're both, like, supreme, like, super talented guys and amazing. I hate that two of them are in my division. But, um, uh, but just the, the road of dice, man. To be fair, the play. AFC's quarterback situation is, like, kind of nuts, especially when you look down the line. Because you have, like, Josh Allen in the east. You go to, like, the south, it's Trevor Lawrence. You go to the north. You have Lamar Jackson, who we didn't mention. He's also, like... He's his own animal and his own uniqueness, but he's thrown. He's gotten much better at throwing the ball over the last few years. He's just his problem's just been being healthy the last couple seasons. Yeah, with like stomach viruses and like. Yeah, he, and his his contract situation doesn't help. We talk about like yeah. him and Burrow are in the same division. Then you talk about like Herbert and Mahomes are in the same division, and if Russell Wilson comes back to his old self with you know Sean Payton, he will right well. top ten, top five. I mean. Top five quarterback next season, right? Russell okay. Wilson? Oh, he's winning MVP yeah. and winning the Super Bowl, obviously. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> obviously. No, but what I'm saying is, like, <laughs> if Russell Wilson gets back to, a, like, his old self, because all of Russell Wilson's career, he's a Pro Bowl-level quarterback and one of the, like, five to five best quarterbacks in the NFL any season, right? Yeah. His, like, worst seasons, he's been, like, top seven or eight. But, like, outside of last season. Because even his yeah. rookie season, he was unbelievable. Um. You're talking about, like, one division will have three guys who are potentially, like, top five quarterbacks any season, top ten in, in, in this season. Like, the AFC is just loaded in quarterbacks. The NFC is kind of, is where it falls off. Where yeah, Jalen like, Hurts, a... It's literally like Jalen Hurts is, like, the one guy we all trust. And then we go to your boy Dak. Um, <laughs> Maybe some people have golf top ten. I'm like, man, stop playing with yourself, man. Like, <laughs> I've got a great season. Was, yeah, but I think I think his team like he's a he's a quarterback where he won't elevate you, but he won't drop you down. He's like a high yeah. floor, low ceiling. Yeah, I good. mean the but, NFC is. I mean the I think that's what the I think outside of like, and we'll see how again. I I want to say outside of hurts, but then again, hurts 
this is like his first like amazing season. Yeah, so, like no no consistency. We'll see how it pans out. Maybe I doubt teams will figure out the O line because you know they're they're Eagles, phenomenal. The thing, right, the Eagles O line is unbelievable. Again, but if you look at like the NFC quarterbacks, like it's Jalen Hurts, Dak. Not in order, but Jalen Hurts is Jalen Hurts is one. After that, not in order. Yeah, Matt Stafford, Jared Goff, Brady's not Kirk. there anymore. Who? Maybe Kirk Cousins. Kirk or... Cousins. Okay, no, no, I'm talking like the consistent guys, right? Like, yeah, Kirk. Pretty consistent. Like, those are your like top five quarterbacks in the conference. Outside of Jalen Hurts, none of them even sniffed the top five, and uh, probably yeah. none of the rest of them sniffed like the top ten. Like, I think Dak is ten, but or eight. Or I, I'm not a, I, I've never been a Dak guy. Um, <laughs> and he's been consistent. I think really good. Yeah, my, I think my my thing with Dak always in his career, when things are perfect around him, he's amazing. With anything, it feels like if one guy gets injured or if one receiver has a bad game or gets hurt. He doesn't elevate anyone. He has he doesn't have that like elevation like ability in my opinion. But you know he's good. He's like a real again. We're talking about like we're saying Dak Prescott's maybe like in the top ten, somewhere like, yeah, like, in the top like twelve, thirteen ish range, give or take whatever a couple spots, right? Yeah, like that's a really good quarterback at that range, but. When we're comparing them to guys in like the top five or what those guys can do on the field, he doesn't have that. Like those guys in the top five, six range, those guys have some like special quality to them. They bring something to the table that's very unique or, you know, or very like skillful that other guys can't. Like, like Dak doesn't ele- doesn't seem to elevate people. Um, and we'll see how he does. Again, they, Cowboys consistently put together a pretty good team. You yeah, know, I, I like I like your chances. Hopefully, we can make it to the the championship game in like thirty years. Team, it is thirty years, I think. I like at this point. I no offense to before I met you or whatever. Um, I like root, <laughs> I always root for a couple of things to happen. I root for the Cowboys yeah. to never get to the NFC Championship game again. Of forget, course, yeah. forget anything. I always root for the Browns to have a bad season. I like love watching them do bad. <laughs> Oh, Deshaun Watson's yeah. another guy, by the way. If he gets back to his old self, too, God, that <laughs> that's another division that could have, like, three top ten guys. And then it's like, how many guys could actually be in the top ten? 20? <laughs> like, no. But, um, yeah, again, but I always root for the Browns to do bad. I have There's nothing the Browns did or anything. It's just when they started going 0-16, 1-15, like, those three <laughs> straight seasons, I, like, got enjoyment out of watching their futility. And I always loved, like, when they were 0-10 in those seasons, you always get the article that comes out. How <laughs> how the Browns can still make the playoffs. And they need, like, uh, seven, like they need, like, 30 games to go exactly a certain way. They need, like, 12 ties. They need a bunch of losses from specific teams. They can't have one team beat them. They can have one team lose a certain amount of games, but they have to lose to a specific opponent. Like, those are like my favorite articles to ever read on the Browns. So, and they're always yeah, the team yeah. that was in that situation up until the Baker years, where they started to turn it around. And yeah, no, no, and even then they're so. Huh? Even then, they I, they didn't really hit their potential. I think because Baker, he kind of fell off after the playoff run. Where even during the game, he fell off a lot. Cause a lot of people forget 
that they're destroying them like what like twenty one to zero it seems like and then like they make it like a one possession game and mostly because of Baker being like bad in that game in the second half. No, he played. Yeah, he, but, played he played well in the second half of that game. Like he was actually playing like really well. Mahomes got hurt, so there's no offensive pressure. Oh, oh no, I meant in the in the Steelers game. Like he he oh, he played oh, in the no, Steelers no, second. That, that's why, no, but it, it it was really close. Oh, yeah, it was no, gonna be like it, a dog wonk. But. He played, yeah. He played great in that playoff game before the they lost to the Chiefs in the playoffs. Like he was yeah. really well good in that game. Like there's no, there's no. Oh, Baker sucks in that game. Or, no, that game he played amazing. But Baker's Baker's like I think Baker's like almost like a bigger issue of if things aren't perfect around him and he's had some people say oh his receivers are not great. Yeah, but also your running game is so unbelievable. You only throw it to wide open players over the middle of the field, like. Yeah, you're running game like that with those two backs that they've had, you like you're gonna have way bigger windows to throw to, and it's not because of your skill. Like it's almost like Jalen Hurts, he'll have easier windows, but a lot of it has to do with his running ability. Yeah, you know, Jackson's in a similar spot, right? Their running ability helps their run games a lot, but also helps the fact that teams have to worry about them running. They end up getting way bigger windows to throw to because of that. And but it's their skill set. Baker got that with just his two running backs who could both run for a thousand yards in a season, almost together, I believe. I think Kareem Hunt was like really close one season, and yeah. Nick Chubb is one of the phenomenal. He's he's a monster. So you had these guys yeah. in your backfield. You had a good tight end. You had serviceable receivers. They weren't bad, but again, they weren't great. That, again, the NFL the receiver position is really stacked. So. Um, but they had, a, they had a good enough group with the style of play that they played with. So, yeah, I'm not a Baker guy, though. I think he's horrible. Yeah. I don't know if you saw the article, but Bruce Arian said that um, Baker Baker was, like, a higher prospect for him than, like, I think Trevor Lawrence, I think, maybe. I'm getting it wrong. Josh Allen, That's maybe. Not, like, a yeah. top 10 guy. Like, or like a soon to be top ten guy in Trevor's case. I'm like, man, what are you talking about, old man? Like, good thing you retired from like coaching. I'm like, man. Um, but I, I, is a better oh than oh than the quarterbacks this season? Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson. Uh, again, maybe I think the guys this season in the draft. Um, they were they all. I mean, Bryce Young's only just. Hold on a second. One sec. Oh yeah, you yeah, twenty twenty three draft. Yeah, you're correct. I could have wanted somebody that's in the league, but uh, apologies for that. Uh, <laughs> it's all good, man. Yeah, I think like like Bryce Young is probably like the perfect prospect outside of the fact that he's like five foot nine. Yeah, so, he's like five eleven written down, but he's like actually like five <laughs> nine apparently. Like he's he might, he might be the he might be the first uh, NFL quarterback to wear heels during the game. I'm just joking. Yeah. That. <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully he could. Uh, I mean, maybe he grows. Who knows? Even though it's not going to happen. But um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's like so like Bryce Young was so fun to watch. Like that dude is unbelievable. But it just it's just really difficult when you're like that small. Again, it's like almost like the Kyler Murray thing. Kyler Murray's always good in the beginning of the season, but once those hits start racking up over the year, he struggles towards the end. 
So yeah, Bryce Young, we'll see how he does. He's not he doesn't run as much, but we'll see how he performs. And he's on the Panthers, so you know they have a good O line. Well, we'll see That's how they do. Okay. I'm not sure. I, again, I'm not sure. I I root for him because his like his play was deserving of the first pick. But it it just it's just such a difficult lead to succeed in. So we'll see for sure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, um, I think uh, we're uh, we're about to end it here. But before we do, what's your Super Bowl prediction? Uh, it can include the the Broncos. It doesn't have to, but you know, Broncos of course are gonna make it. Well, we know the Broncos are making it. Um... <laughs> I I don't know I don't know if I could do a Super Bowl prediction. I think playoff prediction's a little bit easier. Uh, let, let, hold on, let me just refresh my memory of the NFC team. Okay, I I want to say the Forty Nine. Like the Eagles, and that's it. <laughs> I, do, no, I, don't, yeah. I don't think the Eagles are. The only reason I don't think the Eagles are going to go back only has to do with the fact of no team outside of like a team Brady plays on or seems to get back to the Super Bowl after they lose. So I don't think they make it. If I had to make an unbiased prediction, man, it's really tough to say the Chiefs don't get back there. And I, I would imagine the 40, I want to say the 49ers, but I just don't know their quarterback situation. It's tough. We may, we may just get a surprise. Maybe the Cowboys make it. This might be your team's year. Again, if there's any year, in my opinion, if there's any year for them to like make noise and get to the Super Bowl, I think this might be the best year. Again, the NFC as a whole is not like great. Again, is there like two good teams? Again, the best teams are the Eagles. Fine, that's tough because that's in your division. The yeah. Vikings are definitely going to fall off a bit this season. They won so many one possession games last year that that usually turn, comes back to haunt you. The Saints, I think the Saints probably win that division. I want to say they win the division. I don't know. And then the 49ers, again, the 49ers issue is just that quarterback spot. We just do not I, know. I think Lions can, can maybe make it. Maybe they can win a playoff game, like, the second time in, like, 70 years. The Lions? Uh, yeah. I know Ben would love that. Uh, I But he's not a Lions fan. It just He has he just, for some reason, picks these their players on his fantasy teams and ends <laughs> up uh, – uh, what's it called? So he ends up rooting for them extra hard. And I think last season he was so upset when they missed the playoffs. They should they should have been there, man. But they they fumbled. They fumbled the a little bit. Last game. Well, not the last game, the game before that, where they lost. Yeah. They lost to like the Seahawks or something and that kind of run. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a hundred points for it seemed like. Man, that was a great game. Yeah. And then they ended up being the Packers in the final week to kick them out of the playoffs and I'll I'll do playoff prediction though. The Bills that all right, so division winners, Bills, Bengals, Jaguars, Chiefs. We'll say those four teams win. I think that's just gonna repeat. Uh the teams who make the playoffs out of the wild card. Dolphins definitely miss it. I, I'm not a I think the Dolphins are bad. I don't think the Jets make the playoffs either. Um regardless of Aaron Rodgers. I think the Ravens definitely make the playoffs next season. Um I think the Broncos do make the playoffs next season. I, I generally, outside of the fact that, fine, I'm a fan. I, I <laughs> really believe, I, I really mean this. I think last season had more to do with the fact that our coach was maybe the worst coaching hire ever. 
unless to do with Russell Wilson overall, even though Russell Wilson's play was not great. It, there was a lot of they struggled to just manage the game, which is unfortunate. But I do yeah. think that they make the playoffs next season. And then the Chargers, I think they're they're I think the Chargers are very high on team. I think they'll make the playoffs. I think that's seven. One, two, three. Yeah, it's seven. Four, I've been I've been counting them. That's seven. And then the NFC Eagle I, Eagles Cowboys make the playoffs. I think the Giants miss. I think the Vikings win the division. So that's three. I think the Saints win the division. That's four. 49ers win the division. I think the Rams come back and they win their division and they make the wild card this season. And then the seventh team, oh God. It's probably the Seahawks or the Lions. I I, I don't think the Seahawks are going to do as good this season. The Giants probably have like the best coach remaining on that list, but Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones. <laughs> and Shaquan is older too. The forty and the run the commanders they're not the real they they don't feel like a real team. I have no idea. The NFC is hard because I feel like whoever makes that last spot could be anybody. Probably gonna be like a seven and nine, like a seven and ten team or an eight and nine or an eight and nine team. Like the Buccaneers won the division at eight and nine. Man, I I genuinely don't know. I think the Bears actually. I think the Bears this season are gonna make some noise. Uh, I think yeah. they'll push for the playoffs. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs. I think the Bears push for it. Justin Fields in his third season. Um, we'll see how we'll see how he progresses, and hopefully he has an opportunity to prove himself with his arm. Because he really like if you watched him in college, he really wasn't like this kind of running quarterback the way they're using him. He was yeah. just a guy who threw the ball from the pocket and was able to throw deep ball dimes and everything. I think he'll be. I think. I think that that's probably that's my like surprise team to make the playoffs. I said the Jaguars last season with my friends. I was like, they're going to win the division. I'm going to say the Lions, the Bears. I mean, make the playoffs. I think most people are picking the Lions to win that division. Honestly, I think the Vikings miss. I think the Buccaneers miss from the teams who made it. I think the Seahawks and the Giants miss. So generally, like a few teams missed the playoffs that made it the season before. The AFC is just so difficult because you, could, I could totally see the Browns or the Steelers making the playoffs. If the Patriots made it, I wouldn't be completely shocked. If the AFC South, I don't think any of these teams make it. If the the Raiders, I definitely don't think make it. I don't even know what's going on with Jimmy G situation. Yeah, like anyone yeah, in the yeah. AFC North can make it. Anyone in the AFC East could make it. I don't think the Jets do, but they definitely could with Aaron Rodgers. And then three out of the four in the AFC West can definitely make it. So, um, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see how it goes. Yeah, uh, like we, uh, we do um, preseason uh, predictions. So, um, with the like the prediction site, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've seen it. In the server, so maybe you can post them in here uh, uh, when uh, it's closer to football season. It'd be pretty fun to see. Man, I did them and I was horrible, man, from like last year. Let yeah, let me pull them up yeah, real quick. I'll definitely post it, and then we could uh, we could talk shit about it at the end of the year about how awful we all I was. So, uh, yeah, like uh, I had <laughs> the Raiders funny, like, going eleven and six, man. Like, oof. Oh, you guys do records not... and everything. I'll put the teams first, yeah. and then once we get closer to the season, I'll uh, I'll post. Uh, I'm gonna DM you the the old predictions I had from last year. 
Just so that you can laugh at me, man. <laughs> um, Tolson Randall. Is it underway? Do you guys just post it under the sports uh, channel? Yeah. Oh, okay. So here, yeah, production. But yeah, uh, I think uh, that's about all I wanted to chat, man. Uh, yeah, thank no, you for. Uh, yeah, no, this was a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, this uh, was a ton of fun. Uh, thank you for being like the the first episode of this. Uh, hopefully, you know it does well. Uh, hopefully, we can partner if you if you're still interested in that. And yeah, it's just been fun. Yeah, it's been really cool so far, dude. I'm excited for Jeopardy. Hopefully, we can get this going on uh, Saturday. Yeah, hopefully Saturday. Yeah, right. definitely, definitely for sure, man. And um, yeah, we definitely want to definitely want to link up on that, and we'll see any other future projects we may want to do together. Again, I think your server has a really cool like concept and idea, man. So it would be yeah. cool to like potentially like do some partnering up with you and um, doing some unique things because I think there's a lot of things we want to do in the future. As you know, we don't just want to do just. Draft. We're draft league focused. We're gonna be draft league focused, but we want to try to do unique versions of draft league also in the future. So, this is um, yeah, this is a lot of fun, dude. Uh, and really uh, also yeah. really excited to uh, play on the on the low tier draft, like the first time doing something like this. So it should be fun. Man. Oh no, we did we didn't do the reveals yet, so you don't know if you made it, Wink. <laughs> oh man, Ho well hopefully I make it, man. Hopefully I make it. Let's say let's say that. Right. Uh, uh, okay, I could. You obviously know because I think I already told you, but you definitely, you definitely made that. Uh, yeah, I'm excited for it too. Again, we're gonna. This, gonna, this should be a fun <laughs> season. So I'm excited. Uh, to did I make it good? Yeah, hopefully you uh, have a lot I... of fun league, man. Yeah, same here, man. Did I just make it because I was the only one that sent three replacement? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. But yeah, uh, like I said, man, uh, it was awesome. Hopefully, we can do one uh, in the future, like in another week. Hey, bringing your brother too, that could be fun. Yeah, uh, bringing like the other members in here to meet each other, like in, in call. That'd be yeah, fun yeah. stuff. We'll definitely see it, dude. But yeah. but yeah, man, this is fine. This is fun, Byron, man. And awesome first, whatever, man. Like, yeah, super cool. fun chatting with you in an extended period over call. Again, <laughs> over, over messaging is a little bit slow, and this was nice. This is awesome, man. So have a good one, and uh, hopefully, like I said, talk to you soon. Man. Right, have a good one, dude.